Wake up in the morning, had to make a play. Yeah. I had to make a play. Yeah. I had to make a play. Yeah. I'ma get money forever. forever. I'ma be hustling forever. All right, we are recording. Welcome to yet another episode of Love the Game. Love the Game podcast. We talk hoops, football, and all relevant sports topics. This happens to be the 20th episode of this quote-unquote season two that I've come up with because I used to do this way back in the day. Uh, it doesn't feel like that, um, but it feels like some sort of a milestone. So like kudos to us for just like doing yeah. it and continuing on. Uh, I will say that. And of course, you can always listen to Love the Game podcast wherever you get or listen to your podcast. Please search us, Love the Game podcast. I am your host, Ash, also known as at Planet Asha across social media. And Elias, where can the people find you? You know where to find me Instagram at Hall of Pharaoh, Twitter at Real Ignorant E. You know where we're at, baby. Yeah, you know. That Twitter name never gets old. Real ignorant E. I think I'm gonna vote it every year for like Twitter name of the year. Uh, yes. Now moving on, getting into the action of this episode because there's actually some pretty interesting topics. I would say that we have uh, some blockbuster stuff. But before we get into the nitty gritty of the content, of course we're starting with our MVPs where we break down who we believe is MVP and a runner up for the week. Uh, I will go first. Quickly, my MVP is Curry, uh, Stephen Curry, that is, if you didn't know, just because last night, I think he passed Ray Allen. He passed Ray Allen officially for most uh, three-pointers made ever in NBA history. I do not know what that number is, nor I'm going to try to look that number up. I just know he hit that mark, uh, broke a record, so congratulations to Steph Curry. MVP doing MVP type things. Um, and then my runner up, you know, getting back to women's sports, which we are a fan of on this show, is Paige Beckers. It's Beckers, right? I believe that's how you pronounce it because it's spelled like B-U-E. So I'm going to say Paige Beckers, uh, a Husky women's UConn, uh, UConn women's basketball team. Paige Beckers just signed a name, image, and likeness deal with StockX. Everybody knows StockX where you get your, basically where I get my overpriced Jordans. Uh, everybody knows StockX or any other dope shoes or drip. Um, StockX is legit. I was on that StockX wave a, a few years ago before it was super popular. And now I think they're grossing like almost 2 billion a year in sales. It's crazy. So for her to have a... Um, name image and, and, and likeness deal with not just like a, a big brand in terms of revenue but it's a very relevant like trendy you know uh this generation it's like top notch so that that's great and it's a, a good sign for women's sports i do want to talk a little bit more on that later and what that can mean but we will save that topic so anyways curry mvp congratulations and Paige beckers uh congratulations for your deal uh e what you got so for my um mvp so for my mvps this week i've got mvp as clippers because we are on currently seven game hot streak going in and you know it's, it's not just about the win streak it's about how we're starting to really get things in order without Kawhi Leonard, which is really surprising to pretty much everybody who's been watching the games. 
And while our style of play hasn't been necessarily favorable, it's been a lot of comeback games. It's not a lot of hot starts. But it's it's really good basketball to watch. Paul George is stepping the fuck up, you know. I respect that a lot. I, I trash the man on the daily. I, I'm not... I'm not one to throw this man's name in the gutter, but right now, Paul George is doing the goddamn thing. He's, he's rallying his team to his cause. And another player I want to also shout out, Isaiah Hartenstein. That tall bastard is putting in work on the team right <laughs> I now. I gotta is. say, I love it. I fucking love it. You know, the what he's doing on the court, it shows that he's got hustle, he's got hard determination. We need that right now, especially in these dire times. My runner-up MVP are the LA Rams for what we're gonna talk about in this blockbuster, blockbuster pickup of Odell Beckham Jr. from other teams that would not give him a chance and other teams that thought they were gonna get him. Fuck the Patriots. And you know, it's just we're also, you know, we're just happy to see the boy Odell getting a chance in LA, you know, and we're all for LA around this corner on this show. If you don't know by now, now you know LA all day. So yeah, those are my runner-ups and MVPs right now. So those are great uh MVPs and runner-ups and and you know, congrats to the Clippers. Uh you guys deserve it. Well, I don't know about the Clippers, but actually even Clippers fans you know what? I'm going to give it to you. As my co-host, you deserve it. Uh, I don't really care for the Clippers. As you know, we Clippers fans, it's it's kind of like in our nature to go after each other. Uh, however, I'm in no position to say any words about any basketball. The current state of, of my favorite team. Uh, however, my second favorite team is doing just swimmingly. And uh, that uh, is the Warriors, which makes me think of those years when CP3 was still in, in L.A., and the Warriors were just starting like their ascension into being one of the better teams. There's a little bit of that rivalry there. And I don't know, this season, that's 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 a good matchup. But the way the Clippers are playing and the way the Warriors are playing, that that's a good game. That's a game I would want to see if they continued this way to play this way. That's a game I'd want to see on uh on a Christmas day or something because of the history, right? A few years ago. So that would be great. Even though the, the people are different on on um, the Clippers. And one thing I also will say about Paul George, he's always been a better player solo. Like he performs better as the solo star when he has no choice but to put the team on his back. But what he needs to do is to keep up that play mentality when Kawhi is healthy. If he was that elite level, like solo star Paul George with Kawhi, then you guys be going places. I think, I don't know if it's he just naturally defers or it is a, a matter of like touches, right? Like having to split those touches so he can't get into a rhythm. I don't know what it is, but if he could play this exact way with that other guy on the floor, then you guys be something to to, to deal with for sure. And, and we'll see, we'll see if Kawhi comes back um, later this season or, or how, how he's able to perform coming off an injury later this season. Uh, but without further ado, we are gonna get into our topics. And yes, we are gonna touch on the block Buster move of Odell Beckham Jr. I always write his name ODB and my head always goes like um, old dirty bastard. It's OBJ, but whatever. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. So we will touch on that. But first, I want to talk about your Carolina Panthers because out of nowhere, they just re-signed Cam Newton. Now, I know I think they're under 500 if I'm correct, but... The division is there's still time to get to the playoffs so first what are your thoughts on this move and do you think that with cam 
and his level of play that we know he can rise to, do you think this uh, gives him, you know, a little bit of the edge to find, to make it in the playoffs? For Cam Newton, this is a huge moment. As we know, the man was currently dropped by the weak-ass organization known as the New England Patriots. And, you know, it's just good to see a, a really veteran quarterback get a, a job that he deserves, you know. And for us, it was it was a very hard weekend coming into this uh, coming into this deal. You know, we lost Sam Darnold after another terrifying performance by him put out on that field, a nightmarish performance put on against the Patriots, and it it really opened a lot of eyes to what was going on on the field, and it just didn't look good. You know, I mean. Sam Darnold, while the beginning of the season, everybody says, oh, yeah, you guys are 4-0 and nobody was complaining. Yeah, but that was clearly because That's some true. things were just not, some teams were just either not paying attention or some teams just started studying film. And they realized that, A, receivers were not catching the ball. B, Sam Darnold was practically throwing murder balls every three to four possessions to our <laughs> fucking receivers. And it's like, all you got to do is hit the guy one time pretty good or set him up for failure one time pretty good and the shit is going to hit the fan and that panther sam darnold immediately turns into jets sam darnold you know what i i just i will say there was a there was an episode back in you know this 20 i'm talking about where you had sam darnold that's like your mvp i did <laughs> i did i did you know and that was my mistake that was that was big mis big mistake on that part because I hadn't given Sam Darnold really time to be Sam Darnold. And that was my <laughs> mistake right there. You know, it's just it's just not a good look when it's, it's just the whole performance the weekend was so bad. So this it, this is really time for Cam now to prove himself. You know, the guy can take a hit, he can run the football, and he can pretty much throw the football in any situation. We just need to protect him now and get our shit in order. And it's not going to help that we still have a lot of players questionable. We just acquired Stephon Gilmore, who is playing great in his first games in Carolina. Two, inter two interceptions already in his first two games. And I also want to just mention, too, the shit that happened the weekend during the game when a certain quarterback had to go to lengthy lengths to injure one of the probably the best, best up-and-coming defensive players in the league, Brian Burns. I'm talking about whack jones aka whack ass mac jones from the new england patriots there is a very questionable play after brian burns had a potential sack on uh mac jones it's turned into a turnover on the play and mac jones was seen grabbing at brian burns ankle after brian burns tries to make a move and this resulted in brian burns getting a serious ankle injury at the end of the game which forced him to be sidelined for the entire game of course, fans are questioning whether or not this is a dirty hit. Brian Burns said, of course, that it was an intensely dirty hit. Uh, there was past uh, matchups brought about high school matchups. Brian Burns didn't even acknowledge Mac Jones when he was in high school. And, you know, I'm just here to say it was a fucking dirty play. It was a very fucking dirty play. No matter what plays happen throughout the game, you don't fucking do that as a quarterback. As a quarterback, you have res you have the most respect out of a lot of positions in the entire yeah. league. You're protected the most by everyone in the entire league from the coaching staff to your goddamn offensive line. What the fuck reason do you have to go and hold a player on some bullshit like that? We're going to leave it at that. And for us, you know, it gives us more of a booster now that we have Cam in the lineup. I don't know who will start 
because we made the mistake last week of playing Sam Darnold when he's fresh off the injury report with no fucking practice. But it, yeah. Cam was at practice yesterday. Um, he was speaking to the media as well. So it'll be interesting to see who starts between PJ Walker and Cam. Uh, I, I'm assuming, uh, well, PJ Walker was supposed to start this week versus the Cardinals, but we'll see if it's a game time decision or not. I I need to see this first game and how Cam really plays because the Cardinals are not anybody to fuck with. They are still on their right. streak in the NFL. So, but they know. are they still without? Is Hopkins back and then Kyler Murray? Right. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're still going through some injury reports as we. Yeah, I mean that makes them less. They're still a great team and well coached as we saw. Uh, they won last week without them, but yeah, Kyle Murray is questionable. DeAndre Hopkins is questionable. They got a whole fucking they got a whole slew of questionable. questionable. But you know that yeah. makes them uh, a little vulnerable, right? Uh, yeah, it does. I, I, I think Cam probably like because it's such a blockbuster signing, just because of Cam Newton and obviously like he was a Carolina Panther. Um, MVP season. Yeah, MVP took out to the Super Bowl. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. And he still is a star and one of the faces of the NFL, especially people who people who are not like avid NFL fans. If you say Cam Newton, they just already are going to assume NFL he's still playing. They probably would have no idea, just a casual fan, that he wasn't actually playing. So he still represents so much for the league that I think, and there's been so much made about it, right, in the news and media. I mean, I, unless it's like, some egregious cutoff from just like game shape type thing. I'm pretty sure he'll start. I wouldn't have any high expectations, not for Cam himself, but just even if you are working out and staying ready and staying in shape, there's a difference in going several weeks without hitting the field. And like it's the game shape is different than like in shape. So I think he'll likely get the start. It just makes sense to me since you know, just throw him out there because the sooner he gets out there with the team, the sooner he can get back into a rhythm. But I wouldn't expect him to go out there and like light it up. Although I do still think he is capable of that. And I think honestly, um, it's like a little poetic justice, I think, to kind of be written off, I guess, uh, and come back full circle to, you know, basically pick up, you know, not where you left off, but the last time you were playing like really, really good football was, you know, in the Carolina Panthers uniform and I think that's got to be a little comforting to a player right you're coming to a place where the fans still love you right where you're going to be welcomed it's familiar all that and I'm sure some uh players on the roster and things like that are still there e even any members of the coaching staff I know the coaching staff changed with Ron Rivera but still I think that familiarity will go a long way and then also just like to be to be rostered again I feel like people take things for granted and then once it's gone, it makes you appreciate things more. So I feel like mentally, it's a good move for sure. Uh, and I think it's just a matter of him getting in game shape. But I think he has a lot left in the tank because again, it wasn't like he just fell off the, the face of the earth. Like the guy was one of the quarter, he was hit the most, right? Like he took so many hits when he was in Carolina and that was one of the knocks against him that he was Superman doing too much, taking too many hits. It finally caught up with him a uh, bad shoulder, right? Switching teams. It's going to take a while to get back. So, you know, he didn't just fall off. I, I think he'll be fine. I think it's a good move. With that being said, 
we're going to switch into the other blockbuster move that happened in football and another player coming off a couple of years of back-to-back injuries and not being able to get back into a rhythm. Obviously, I'm talking about Odell. We called it last week, did we not? I feel like this show, again, someone's going to look back at our one. We're like big podcasters and shit going to look back at our archives and be like, damn, they were calling shit. Because as soon as I saw that alert, I think I was at my desk at work. And now I was like, holy shit, we literally just said one of us, but the, we pretty much brought up that he should come to LA or that he would end up in LA because it's LA, it's Hollywood. You got LeBron tweeting, this is OBJ. Like this is, of course, it's like, he, he probably, he doesn't care if he catches a ball, he's in LA on a team who's contending. Like they're gonna be a playoff team. They have a chance to win the Super Bowl. He's around all his super celebrities, superstar friends. Like he, he never wanted to be in Cleveland in the first fucking place. So I think just being in a place that he's gonna be happy and then you're on not just the LA Rams, but you're with Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, Matthew Stafford, right? Uh, Vaughn Miller. So you have these other stars on your team. Uh, I mean, you got Drake welcoming you, LeBron. This is a dream come true for Odell. However, breaking news this morning, we find out that Robert Woods tore his ACL. So my initial question to you was gonna be like, does this make them, the Rams, unstoppable to add Odell to this mix? Now with Robert Woods out, one, speak on the move for Odell, and two, does this like lower their chances or just get them back to where they would be? Or do you still think Odell raises uh, the bar for them a bit? For this move, it's one of the best safety nets that could have come at this time for the LA Rams. Uh, it's unfortunate that Robert Woods tore his ACL this morning um, or in practice. <clears throat> Never want to see that happen. A, a great receiver that's been putting out results like that. But I will say it's definitely one of the best and most clutch safety nets that's happened for an NFL team right now, having a receiver like Odell being just out there and available to pick up. And for their contention, I don't think this takes them. I think this definitely keeps them in contention for sure. If not, makes their case a little stronger. We have to see if Odell's ready to integrate with a different system now and how he's going to play with a team like this with Matthew Stafford, uh, Cooper Cup, and all these offensive threats while also having a defensive side as well. We, we just need to see how he's going to integrate with this system. I'll say they're still a heavy favorite. It's just um, there's a lot riding now on Odell's shoulders, more than if so he was when he was on the Browns. And is this a chance, dare I say, do if we get Giants Odell back, you know, if we get that high performance Odell back. So this is really an interesting time that we're in in the NFL. And it's going to be very, very interesting, if not entertaining, to see Odell in the Rams jersey and see how much he produces with this offense. And it was very interesting because people were critiquing how Odell would fit in the system of Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, but then... Robert Woods goes down, and then the signing happens at this super crazy convenient time. So it's very interesting. We're gonna see how Odell integrates. I think they're still a heavy favorite. I'm I'm of the mindset now because we're learning out, we're learning about that um, today. So in terms of I think the order of things, I think they agreed to sign him. Then it just so happens after they agreed, Robert Wood goes out, and then they officially sign him. So again, it's one of those things that's like, it's such a, just an odd 
a series of events, not the agreement in of itself, but sometimes things happen in this weird way. That's exactly what you need. And again, for those questions of like, how's he gonna fit in? They're already stacked. And then all of a sudden, and of course, it is an ACL injury. Like you don't wish that upon anybody. I know Robert Woods wants to be out there. I know the Rams wants Robert Woods to be out there. He's done for the season. All he can do is like focus on getting better. But what are the, the fucking odds that, you know, there's all these questions about fitting in and then literally the day they sign him, their second best receiver goes down. And it's like, is this the perfect storm for Odell to come back into the league and show that he still is Odell? Granted, a couple injuries from New York Giants Odell, but I, I truly believe that, yeah, there's the injury thing, but I truly believe that he just did not have chemistry with Baker Mayfield, and that makes a difference. And I also truly believe that his lack of enthusiasm for the Browns in general also played a part on his end and his performance as well. So I think a fresh start with a quarterback who's way better than, uh, in my opinion, Baker Mayfield, who can sling the ball, who loves throwing the ball, and a coach like Sean McVay, uh, who also loves drawing up those plays and the availability, like the touches he's gonna get because of Robert Woods. I think it's the perfect, just the perfect, unfortunate for Robert Woods, but the perfect storm to basically get Odell back looking like Odell. And I think mentally, you know, our mental health um, and our state of mind and our confidence level is so much a part of like how we actually perform. Like if you have no confidence, you can be the best player ever and it just will not show up. But you can be a trash ass player in any sport. But if you are confident, shit will go your way. Uh, so I think really all those aspects will play a huge role in Odell's performance. It may take a game or two before he's like fully there. But I truly believe that like he has it, that it factor still and we'll get to see it on the biggest stage with the brightest lights with other stars next to him. I think he's going to have a fucking ball. He's going to be smiling, dancing, all that shit. He's going to be like staring at the camera. Uh, I can't wait. And unfortunately for me, um, he's going to get his first chance against my 49ers who are trash this year anyway, so it doesn't matter. So it's a perfect game for him to come back. Uh, but, you know, I will be rooting for the Rams in this one because I know we're not going anywhere, so I might as well root for the LA team and, and see where they go. But OB, OBJ, welcome to Los Angeles. Um, we got some boxing to talk about a little later, but I do want to touch base quickly on these two stories. And, and if you don't know anything about what's going on with the Raiders, but you know what, can we just have a moment where we talk shit about the Raiders, I guess? So cornerback um, Damon Arnett was released. Uh, I have a quote here that the Raiders put out that you know the cornerback uh, Damon Arnett had a series of some bad decisions over the last year so they decided to cut him because basically he was online or social media sharing videos of himself like brandishing a weapon and threatening to take a life which is just I'm at a loss for words because the idiocracy of that like do you not understand even if you're not um, a star in the league, whatever, you still are a professional athlete. You still represent a league, a team. You're still in a position of influence. People are getting caught up every day online doing 
crazy dumb stuff. What in your like, what in your mind would make you think that you could do that without any kind of repercussions? That's one. But second, were we not just talking last week about the Raiders and leadership and something going on with this organization? And it's like one thing after another. I don't get it. Uh, maybe you can explain, or maybe you can't. Maybe no one can explain. But what what is wrong with the Raiders? What is wrong with that organization? It's just irresponsibility. It's unacceptable. It's just not good. It's really not good at all. I don't know how else to say it. It's not even like, it's not even like we're, it's not even like, it's It's hard to make a joke about now because it's just the shit. I don't know how much shit you can throw at a fan without it fucking breaking. And it's like this, it's just, I don't understand what, I don't understand how this continues to happen year after year into every single decade of the NFL. How some shit, the Raiders will end up on the Raiders will end up on some type of report in the most negative yeah. way possible. And we've seen it with so many past players before, and it's just it's not a good look for your organization. Like we said in the last episode, it's not a good look for this organization to be accepting this kind of behavior and just well accepted until the very last moment of where it hits the breaking point <clears throat> and it's just this is it's it's just on on demon arnett's part it's it's really irresponsible and it's really it's just unacceptable to the point of where you 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 are a professional athlete you're getting paid millions of dollars to be the best you can be yeah. you represent something you represent a brand you represent an organization an entire organization as a whole from the coaching staff to the executives to the admins and it's like when you go out <clears throat> and i spoke on this other week about when they give these players and put these players in these types of positions they are not understanding where these people are coming from what lifestyles we're living what mm-hmm. where we are being brought up from or where I'm saying we, but I'm I'm saying it's just people. Where these people are coming from, and it's just not. We need to. We just as as admins and as league organizers and executives and coaches, they need to just be better met, uh, mentors, better examples, better just helping these people in their situations. And you know, we can't control what people do on their free time at home. There's social media. Right. There's all kinds of shit. And you, there's so many uncontrollable elements that go into this situation. But it's just if we're going to if we're going to blame anybody, we have to also put the organization up as one of the front oh, runners for this. Because it's, it's, it's when you put these people around a bunch of yes men and a bunch of people who just don't give a shit. Because as long as you're showing up to practice and you're healthy, nobody's gonna really give a shit. As long as you're making just, money and you're paying. Yeah, as long as you're making this team money and you're getting the job done on the field, it's like whatever you do off the field just gets put aside. Not in this day and era anymore. With, with the exposure of social media and with cameras and with people constantly reporting on whatever they can about any type of person with five minutes of fame, you have no room for error anymore. You have no room for yeah anything there's nothing you can do once a person sees that and has any ability to share save or even capture what you've done that moment will be cemented for the rest of your career potentially 
it's just it's just not a good look on the Raiders organization again, once again That's for the third I'm week saying. in a row. There's something. I mean, you you said it uh, very well said. I don't have to repeat everything you said. I agree with everything you said. But like the questions that comes to my mind is there's something wrong with the organization itself if things like this keep happening. So the executives in that organization, the leadership, like who's in charge? Uh, and I'm not literally asking who's in charge, but you know, who is running things, right? Does that person care? Do they not see that they can, as an organization, the Raiders continue to be in the news, but not for winning, you know, not for playoffs, not for for these very bad things off, off the field. And even with the whole John Gruden mess, even within the ranks of like sort of, you know, outside of the players that is, right? From top to bottom, this stuff keep, keeps happening. And so it just makes you question, um, what is actually going on within that organization. It also makes you question why the league itself hasn't necessarily stepped in. And I get it. Each team is, you know, self-run, but to some extent, they are also uh, a reflection of your brand as a league. And if I'm Roger Goodell or if I'm an executive in the NFL, I'm like, whoa, 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 I need you guys to get your shit together because you're making us look bad. Every other week or every other season, there is some controversy in this group. So figure it out or I'm handing down fines. I'm doing something. I need you guys to be better. Just be better. So on an individual level, yes. Stupid, inexplicable. Why would you do something like that? Put something out on uh, on social media and, and not expect some kind of con- consequence. But from a, a team and organization standpoint, again, where is the leadership, the mentorship, and someone just showing that they care outside of put on your pads, put on your helmet and go play, right? That doesn't seem to be there. And we will continue to see stuff like this happen within the Raiders organization until something actually changes, like something significant, you know, not some statement, oh, we have to release you because we can't condone that. How about you fix your stuff internally before you just send off these blanket statements and just write people off? I mean, of course you have to do that for optics, but I feel like the bigger issue is inside of the organization. Otherwise, this wouldn't happen. That's it. Because there are some organizations where this will not fly and you will be out in across leagues, you know? So clearly for this stuff to go on, something ain't right. We'll move on to a positive story. My runner-up for uh, this week, Paige Beckers. Again, um, UConn Huskies women's basketball team. She's a star. I mean, last year, pretty sure she was a freshman. Um, I think she was a player of the year uh, for women's college basketball, uh, player of the year for sure. I don't know if that was the first time a freshman gotten it, but I know she broke some records and stuff. Uh, had a historic season in terms of women's college basketball, even though she plays for a great um, team with a lot of history there, you know, UConn Huskies. Anyways, uh, she's just a baller. And I watched her um, in the, you know, the tournament. I know they, I think they got beat by, was it Stanford? I don't know. I can't remember, but I think they got beat by Stanford. I watched her in a tournament. She's a baller. She's fearless. So she definitely deserves you know, her deal with StockX. But ultimately, as you know, the NCAA, right, they made rules that 
players can now basically profit off of their name, image, and likeness. And we've kind of seen some of those deals go out to some stars across college sports. And now Paige Beckers is the next star on that list. Uh, she signed a multi-year deal with StockX to become like the centerpiece of their focus on women's sports and basketball. And so my question to you is obviously want to give props and I love the move. I think it's great for StockX. I think it's great for uh, women's basketball. Do you think, I mean, it's kind of an obvious question, but uh, what are your thoughts on how this deal can uh, open up more opportunities for, uh, you know, women collegiate athletes, women collegiate athletes and professional women athletes? This is this is a great deal for women's sports and for young um, female athletes trying to potentially make their stake on whatever they're playing in any sport. As I've, I've said many times, and I've I love Paige Becker. She's been on the radar since high school basketball. She is yeah. just she just got that killer instinct. She is different. Or <laughs> she is I've her style of play has impressed me since day one, and. <clears throat> she is she is making milestones for those who want to enter these leagues and who want to have some sort of you know not just not just being successful because you're on a winning team or because you're winning championships or because you're just stacking up accolades but because now you're also a part of business like you are you are out there putting a name for yourself on the economic side of this you're not just working on the physical side you're out there trying to make a name for yourself potentially make a, yourself a brand and these leagues of brands and all kinds of shit so you know it's it's really nice to see stock apps give this opportunity to page you know it's really this can really set up a lot of good milestones for a lot of female players all across from the lower levels to all the way to collegiate even maybe even somehow restructuring WNBA deals now because we don't see a lot of deals like this happen just out of the blue, you know? So something yeah. is starting to click within organizations and women's sports, you know, it's starting to become a better, more opportunistic, if you will, environment for these ladies. And it's great to see it's, it's definitely opens a lot more doors for these young girls and women out here working their asses off and showing that, you know, it's not just a one-sided thing anymore. It's, just, this is a, this is a potential now for anything that anything could happen, you know? So this, I'm proud of pages. She yeah. earned that shit, you know, congratulations on the StockX deal. That's amazing, yeah. you know, and for what they stand for, that's, that's pretty good on their brand as well. That's a good look for them. It's a really, really good look for them. Yeah. I think, uh, I mean, yes, to everything you said, but I think what excites me about the deal so much is that it just seems like a good fit. Like the StockX brand, which we, you know, maybe not everyone knows, but, how can you explain StockX? They sell high quality or like name brand sneakers, shoes, clothes, anything, any exclusive stuff. Like you can find it on StockX and uh, yeah. And they have like Klarna or a firm or some shit like that. So you don't even have to pay all at once. I've definitely got some Jordans on StockX that I could not afford, but I was like, hey, but they got that those four installments though. And so I got them. Uh, yeah, and I, I, I use it for all kinds of stuff, mostly for mostly for Jordans and or uh, like special Adidas, like the Pharrell Human Race um, Adidas. Which you, you know, so I got my PlayStation 5 stock X. Yeah, I, they used to be like mostly sneakers and now they're just across the board, all kind of 
exclusive, but like if you're a hype beast person, you know, you know, you know StockX. So if you know StockX, we, we're not telling you anything you don't know. But so if you take that brand and like what it represents, right? And like this new generation, new way, but like everything dope, right? That's what I think of when I think of StockX. Then you think of Paige Beckers. I think it's just a perfect marriage uh, or partnership because she is, you know, coming off an amazing historic freshman year, right? The new star of women's college basketball, like, you know, dope style of play, just like a baller, fierce, uh, just, and a killer, right? Like a killer on the court. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I just think that, that it's a perfect blend for what, you know, Paige is representing and like her style of play and then the brand of StockX. So I think they, they got it right. You know, we see some people just trying to make deals to make a quick deal. And I'm sure this is not the first, you know, approach that she's gotten, but I think it's the first one that I know of that she accepted. So it, it just seemed like her team got it right. It seemed like StockX got it right. So yeah, I'm excited to see what they cook up. With that being said, this is uh, maybe potentially, I don't know, your favorite time of the show, because uh, we're going to talk some 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 fighting. Please yeah. break down the fights that we just saw recently, right? And, uh, you know, maybe anything else that we have coming up in the future. So, uh, we, UFC 268 happened. Gotta say, man, out of all the cards we've had, Pretty goddamn good card. The headliners to the, even the pre-weight bouts, you know, they were all pretty fucking good. We saw um, we saw Kamaru Usman re- retain his title in a very entertaining fight. You know, it was pound for pound. And also shouts out to all the other fighters who participated. The Colby Covington fight was also a really good opener for a lot of people who are watching. They were really impressed with how these fighters went at it. Zhang Wei Li and Rose Namajunas, am I saying that correctly? Also put on a very good show. Rose still retaining the title against her pretty much three-time repeat uh, nemesis, if you will, and Zhang Wei Li. Also represent for China, you know, and she's she's been champion for China, the first uh, U.S. well, U.S. first Chinese women's champion in UFC fighting. So it's it's good to see all these fighters get on these cards, you know. UFC 268 was one for the books. It was really good to watch. People were very impressed. And it was a dual night of fighting. So for people to be impressed and watch multiple fights was really good. And on the same night, we saw the Canelo plant fight go down, which is also a really, really, really good bout. We see Canelo retain his title and and basically cement himself as, you know, if there was undisputed, you know, but in boxing, they call it pound for pound. So he is the pound for pound continued champion right now. His style is pretty much strong, very, very strong. Uh, he can he can dish it out. He can be defensive if he needs to. Plant put up a very good fight and to last even 11 out of 12 rounds against somebody like Canelo is very impressive on your resume. And, you know, it's just a fight between two great boxers. And we saw Canelo come out on top because it's just his technique and power is just a little bit better. It's just he is. I don't really see a new uh, or somebody taking him off that, you know, that that chair, that ruler's chair right now. He's up there and 
He's a damn good boxer. There's nothing else to really say about it. I don't think it. I've seen him lose. I mean, just yeah, I, mean, as, yeah, I think as, he's lost. I don't know if he's lost um, in the on his in the recent life. Right. I'm pretty sure he's lost. But as of right now, he's he's cemented pound for pound. Yeah, ever nobody. since he's been on my radar, just like a, a name that I'm used there's, to hearing, I feel like nobody. it's always like that boy Canelo, yeah. man. And then, I mean, for the last one, we st we're still hyping up this uh, Fury Paul oh, boxing match that's supposed to happen on Showtime Boxing. Yeah, December. And, and, and uh, isn't Frank Gore and who got Oh, yeah, and the Frank Gore-Darren Williams fight has been that's confirmed. A, that's the undercard, right? Or box, one of them. Yep. Darren Williams will box Frank Gore on the undercard, undercard of what? the Paul Fury matchup. So we've got a very entertaining They're night. Gonna get hurt. One of them is going to get hurt. Yeah, it's 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 going to be uh, very interesting to see. Don't uh, don't be shocked if uh, somebody gets an eye. Aaron Williams is going to get knocked out by Frank Gore. My money is on Frank. Yeah, you know I I have my own opinions, but it's Showtime boxing. It's a it's a new era, so we shall see how these. Uh, how these fights play out in the next card and the next ufc card should also be interesting so on to on to more great fights uh, we're gonna see uh also on a fight uh fight entertainment talk there's been a lot of talk on twitter between fighters you know conor mcgregor's starting to come back into the situation talking to talking a lot of shit to a lot of fighters and a lot of other people Conor mcgregor shouldn't he just sit down didn't he like break his leg in his lap i mean he is he's sitting down right now so you know he <laughs> Not much else he can McGregor, do right though, now. I have the, uh, the utmost respect for Conor McGregor, though. Like, he he uh, talks a lot of shit, but he always respects his opponents. And he's won as much as he's lost. So it's like, in UFC, you're going to lose. He's also knocked some fools out a lot. And it's like, yeah, he's he, he's older. So the last couple of fights have gotten the best of him. But uh, after that last one, man, I thought, maybe that just means you need to hang it up. I don't know. I didn't watch it, but I saw like an up close picture of that that foot or something, and it didn't look good. Yeah, it was a bad situation. Bad situation. Like, how did that even happen? Did it get like kicked or something? He uh he um so what happened? He was fighting Dustin Poirier, and uh he they were fighting, exchanging a couple blows, and then um Poirier uh leg checked, so he checked uh, one of Connor's kicks. What Connor didn't realize is the damage was done when he checked the kick. So then when Connor, um, he did a kick and then he went back. When he put his foot back, he lost his footing because it was broken. It was so then, broken. So like he broken, he foot. slipped and fell back. And then he like, Poirier tried to advance, but like, it was clear that something was broken. He couldn't defend himself. So then they called, they called it doctor stoppage and Poirier won the fight by doctor stoppage. Straight. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, how did that even happen? Did he get like kicked? So basically, yeah, he, he got kicked. But with that adrenaline, you don't know that your foot is broken until you realize, oh shit, my, my foot's broken. Or my leg or my ankle or whatever. Um, all right, yeah, let me try to get that image out of my mind because that was pretty <laughs> gross when I saw it online. Uh, with that being said, though, that that is our that sh our show. That is our episode. Uh, I, my money is still on Frank Gore for some reason. I saw pictures of Frank Gore and, and Darren Williams. And I mean, Frank Gore is a bigger dude, right? I don't know. He's probably not faster. I, my money will be on Darren Williams to be a little faster. But then my money will be on Frank Gore to be a little stronger. So I don't know. I don't know. Speed or strength, you know, but my money is on Frank. Most likely, uh, I mean, more so because 
he uh, the last time the Niners were good, he was our running back. <laughs> uh, that's how long ago it was. We were good, good. Well, and we have that one year with Jimmy, but still. Anyways, I digress. Episode is over. Uh, that's, this has been Love the Game, Love the Game podcast where we talk NFL hoops, women's sports, UFC boxing, all of that. Find us across social media at Love Game Pod. Find us wherever you get or listen to your podcast. I promise we are there. If not, click the link on this episode and you can find us. I am Ash, also known as Planet Asha, across social media. And one more time, Eve, where can the people find you? Y'all can find me on Instagram at Hall of Pharaoh and on Twitter at Real Ignorant E. You know what it is. Ignorant E. And we are really out. Until next time, people. Wake up in the morning, had to make a play. I had to make a play. I had to make a play. I'm going to get money forever. I'm going to be hustling forever.